0: All right, say good morning. Let us begin. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning, Shere, to thank our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Adar Aleph, Paul and Kathy Pollock for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drushels this month in memory of Paul's grandparents, Zacharia Ben-Zacharia and Dina Dov. to thank Art and Sherry Miller for dedicating all of the Shi'urim and Drushels this month in memory of Art's brother, Richard Miller, Ruben, Ben Mitzalel, Baruchel, Zichron Lebrachel. We hope that the Merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshama, and Aliyah, and the families in Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Ayala and Sarah Steinberg, for the refuah shleima of Shulamis Bas Susha. And we thank our Day of Learning sponsors, Ephraim and Shifra Ibramson, in commemoration of the art of Ephraim's mother and Mayashi's grandmother, Chava Bas Moshe Shalom. We hope we on the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamol, we'll Havan Aliyah, and the family in Khama. But with that, let us begin. We have a lot to do today. Beautiful, beautiful Gemara ahead of us. Really exceptional Gemara ahead of us. We have a little bit of catching up. So today's DAP is Tes Vav 15. We are picking up on Yod-Dalid Amud-Veiz, and let's just back up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Let's begin in the wide lines. Three lines into the wide lines on 14b, Yod-Dalid amud Quick, We'll go quickly. To, so remember again, yesterday's daf we saw the dramatic story of Rabbi Shuram traveling together with his Talmud, Rabbi Lazar, Ben-Aroch. And ultimately, I'm sorry, not Rabbi Shemechai, Ben Zakkai, excuse me. Rabbi Yochala Ben Zakkai traveling together with his Talmud, Rabbi Lazar Ben Arach, and discussing my Kaaba. Rabbi Lazar Ben Arach discussing my Kaaba and the incredible scene that came about when Rabbi Lazar Ben Arach started espousing on this esoteric body of Torah. <laughs> so the Gemara goes on and says, Rabbi Rabbi Yoshua when this story was told over in front of Rabbi Yoshua, Hayohu v'Rabbi Yossi hakoin mahalchem baderech. So Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Yosi hakoin were traveling on the road. So they decided, you know, after hearing this incredible story, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakar, Rabbi Lazar ben Aruch, they decided, you know what, let's also talk about mayis hamerkava. Pazach, Rabbi Yoshua v'darash. Rabbi Yoshua began to darshin in mayis hamerkava. Ba'osayam t'kufas t'hamuz There was Tammuz. Remember again, Tammuz, summertime. The sky quickly filled with clouds. And ultimately, again, something like a rainbow appeared inside of the clouds. And the Malachim. Listen to the imagery. The Malochim, the malochim gathered to watch this darshining of my semer kava. They began to watch this learning of Rabbi Yosia coin, Rabbi Yoshua, like people gathered to watch the celebration of a chasinri Rabbi Yosiah, halach <laughs> so Rabbi Yosiah coin, the siper drum with Rabbi Yokel Menzachai. So, what's Rabbi Yosiah coin? Goes back and tells over to Rabbi Yokel what happened. When he and Rabbi Yoshua sat down to learn my Kaaba. So he tells him about, again, the clouds, the thing, like the rainbow, the malochim, everything coming around. V'amar. Well, so listen to Rabbi Ben-Zakai, says, V'amar, Ashrechem v'ashreyoladetchem. So Rabbi Yochala Ben-Zakai said, so beautiful, praiseworthy are you, and praiseworthy are the people who birthed you. Praiseworthy are my eyes that they have seen such a thing. So we're we'll supposed to listen to this, it gets better. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zahra says, I have to tell you, I had a dream. I had a dream. And in my dream, You, know, I say, you could tell a lot about people by what they dream about. Right, so some people dream about vacation, some people dream about money, and some people dream about harsinai right, So Vyokal Ben Zakai says, you know, in my dream, I dreamt about Har Sinai, I dreamt about Harsina Vinitna Alinu Baskal And in my dream, a baskal came out and said, the come up, come up, ascend here, ascend here, truckling, gidolin. Again, there's a beautiful dining room. There are beautiful, comfortable couches are set up for you. You, your students, the students of your students are all invited to be part of the third group. They will say, what's the Kat Shlishes? You look at Rashi. So apparently again, apparently in Shavayim, there is different uh, I guess like the boarding groups, right? There's you know, there's group A, there's group B, there's group C. There's different groups. There's different groups. So ultimately again Rabbi ben Benzaka says, in my dream we were part of the third group. They both say by the way, being part of the third group in front of the Shechina is pretty incredible. It's pretty, pretty incredible. So this is what Rabbi Yokhar says. So, I'll say, so the point over here is Rabbi Okhil and Benzaka says clearly your learning of my samar made a dramatic difference because at the end of the day, again, the baskal came out. The baskel came out. And go went ahead and said that you are Mazuman You are invited to Olam Haba. Pretty incredible. So Gimara says, Ini, is this so? Now you're going to see what Gimara is challenging is one point of this story. Tanya, let's see. V'atanya, we learned in the Braith. So Rabbi Yosef Yehuda Omer, there were really three giving overs, three giving overs, three times that Maisa Merkava, was given over, Rabbi Yoshua here to draw the drum thing. Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yoshua gave it over in front of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Akiva here to lift Nei Rabbi Yoshua. Right, Rabbi Akiva gave it over in front of Rabbi Yoshua. Chananya ben Chachinoy here to lift Nei Rabbi Akiva. Ve'ilu, both will say, what's the point over here? Ve'ilu, Rabbi Lazar ben Arach lo kach So we'll see, here's what the humor is challenging. This entire episode begins with Rabbi Lazar ben Arach telling over my Semer to Rabbi Yochoram ben Zakkai. Yet the b'raise says there are only really three times that my was formally conveyed. And Rabbi Lazar ben Arach is not one of the three. So how do you reconcile this? To which the Gemara says it's not a problem. The Brysa only, only counts situations where a person gave over my Kava and Ma'isy Merkavah was given over to them as well. So you gave it over, and it was given over to you. The Artsi, below artsukame, but ultimately, again, a situation where you gave it over, but Ma'isy Merkavah was not given over to you. Loka Ultimately, is not reckoned. So apparently, Re'lasim and Arach gave it over, gave it over, but it wasn't formally given over to him. That was it, which is actually interesting to note. Because remember, in the strife of Re'lasim and Arach and Rabbi and Ben Zakkai, where does Rabbi Lazar, or to whom does Rebbe Lazar ben Arach attribute his knowledge of my Kabatu? Merkava to? But ben Zakkai. But, but apparently the Gemara must be referring to some more formal giving over. Okay? V'ha'chananya ben Chachinoi. Delo arzu kameh. ben Chachinoy. No one formally gave it over before him. V'ka'chashim, and yet he's reckoned in the tally. Da'artzi, the Gemara says da'artzi. Miho kameh man It's true. Ultimately, again, the, the, so even though it was never given over formally to him, but nevertheless, ultimately, So somebody who gave it over, so he gave it over in front of someone else who had given it over, or someone else who had given it over, gave it over in front of him. So although it wasn't direct, it was indirect, but enough to count them in the tally. Incredible. And we'll say, here we go. We now come to the incredible, incredible story, we'll say overwhelming story of Elisha ben Avuya of Acher. We'll say, now again, the Gemara is going to be a little bit of a protracted story you're going to see, but watch this. Now we'll say, what is this doing here? What is this doing here? It's very simple. Remember, again, what's the, what's the essence of this entire Sugi of Ma'isim Kava? Right? They will say, we're spending so much time, so much time, on this whole thing of Ma'isim Erkava. Right? The, the, the prophetic vision of Yicheskel. What's the takeaway message of the Gemara? So there, there are two takeaways. Right? Two takeaways. Takeaway number one, takeaway number one, is there's so much more to the world than what we see. That's number one. You know, we we think we often have everything figured out. And the truth is, it's important to be humble enough to recognize, I don't have everything figured out. I don't have everything figured out in my own life, let alone everything figured out in the greater world. There's so much more than what we see. And the knowledge that there's so much more should humble us and also should make us more appreciative and connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's number one. Number two, number two is an idea will say that in Ruch Nios, and this, this, is, this is an interesting dialectic, because when we speak about spirituality, right, our, our focus is really always one word that keeps coming up, which is more, 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 push, grow, do more. There is a danger in that, in that you have to do more, you have to grow, but it, you have to also stay in your lane. What, what, what do I mean by that? Is that if a person grows too fast in the wrong ways and seeks out spirituality in, in a way that's unhealthy for them, it can actually have detrimental effects. You know, I believe Yitzchak brings down this Yisod, and he says, and he says that the, Yaakov Avinu's dream is a sulam mutzav arza Virosho magia It's a ladder, but the base of the ladder is on the earth; the top of the ladder is in the heavens. So the Rebbe says, that dream, of course, is a metaphor for personalistic growth. I'm here on the earth. I'm here on the earth. My goal is to scale the ladder. To scale the ladder. To get, literally, again, from Shama, from Eretz to Shamayim. To grow. To self-actualize. But says the Rebbe, something so amazing. But the only way to scale a ladder is how, is how, one rung at a time. If you try to take three rungs at once, chances are, you fall one rung at a time. That in spiritual development, it is so incredibly important to enter into a system of systemic, dynamic growth. If you try to take five rungs, you go nowhere. And once you fall, you fall hard. You fall hard, one rung at a time. It takes a little bit longer, but ultimately that's the possibility for sustained growth. So the challenge with my kava is that if a person gets into it, and they're not really ready for it. It actually has detrimental effects. So, I will say this is the same topic over here. Tan on, Here we go. Arba say there are four people who went into the paradise. Now, I will say paradise itself. Pardes itself is something quite amazing. If you take a look at tosis for just a moment, tosis says, well actually, look at Rashi. is Rashi tosis here. al According to Rashi, according to Rashi, Pardes is somewhere in Shamayim, somewhere in the celestial sphere. These four individuals, through the use of the ineffable name of Hashem, actually left this world and went into Shamayim. That's what they did. Alu Shamayim. Tosse says. Tosa says. Nichnasu Pardes kegon velo l'ma hayanir alahem kima so we'll say, Machlokis Rashi Tulsus. Rashi says they literally transcended this world and went into the world to come. They left this world. Tulsa says they didn't go anywhere, but rather, again, they had more of like almost, I guess, what we call like a prophetic vision. So did they physically leave? Did they prophetically leave? Either way, they have this dramatic spiritual event. Ve'loin, who are the four people? Benazai, ben Zoma, Acher. I will say Acher is Elisha Benavuya. We'll see why it's called Acher. Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva Akiva was like leading the journey here. Rabbi Akiva says, When you get to a part in the paradise, that's pure marble, it looks like water. But whatever you do, don't call it water. Hmm. Whatever you do, don't call it water. Why? Because Rabbi Akiva says, there is no room for sheker, right? The essence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is M S, is absolute, unequivocal truth, and there is no room for anything that's less than M S in the presence of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So Rabbi Akiva says, when you go ahead and you get there, something looks like water. It's not water. It's not water. Whatever you do, don't call it water. We'll say, isn't it incredible that when you're close to we, we live in a world often where M S is so elusive. So elusive, it's so hard to find MS. Even once you find MS, it's not always clear that it's MS. And even after you find it and it's clear, you could still pervert it. But in, in the Olamah MS, there is only unequivocal MS. And those who speak Sheker, there's no room for them. So we'll say, what happens. What, ha- what happened to everybody? Ben hits its umes. saw what was happening in the Pardes, and he died. I love of Omer. YaKar ba'eini Hashem Ben hits its vinifka. Benzoma saw what was going on in Paradise and he lost his mind. Ben-Nif community literally just went and sang. B'llah, of Omer, dvash matzasa, echol da enovaka also. But I'll say literally again, so again, about Ben Azai, it says, it is precious in the eyes of Hashem, the death of his, of his pious ones. It's about Ben Zoma, quotes the Pasuk, you found delicious honey, don't eat too much, lest you come to vomit. So the idea is apparently Ben Azai. I'm sorry, not Benazai, Benzoma had this spiritual overload and was unable to process, un- unable to handle that which he saw. Acher, Elisha ben Avuya Kitzitz ben Etios. benetios means he uprooted saplings. We'll see what that means. Rabbi Akiva, Yatzeh B'Shalom. say, isn't this incredible? Before four went in, only Rabbi Akiva came out unscathed. Shalu ben Benzoma. so we'll say, so again, that's the story, that's the story. Now the gemar kind of goes off a little bit on a tangent, now that we mentioned the name of some of these, some of these sages, we'll go a little bit on a tangent, and then we're gonna loop back to the story in just a little bit. So, Shalwa Ben zoma Saru se they asked Ben zoma an interesting shayla: are you allowed to go ahead and castrate, or neuter, right, an animal? So, Amar Lohem, U Lo Sasu. Ultimately, in your land, I will say, here's what's interesting. What the Torah discusses when it comes to, to, you know, castrating an animal, ultimately is that a castrated animal can't be offered up as a carbon. So what they're asking is, okay, I understand say for carbonic purposes, but am I allowed to do this to my own animal? To which the passage says, no, You're not allowed to go ahead and castrate any of your animals, right? Not, not just sacrificial animals, even your privately owned chulin animals, you're not allowed to do as well. Shalu has the asbenzoma. Besulah she'ibra malu kohen gadol. What's was an interesting, interesting shayla. What happens if a, a, a woman who is a virgin becomes pregnant? She becomes pregnant. So I will say, ultimately, again, is she permitted to marry a kohen gadol? So I will say, so, so now l- l- listen to what's happening. Let's, let's analyze this just a little bit over here. So I will say, so look, look at Rashi. Besulah she'ibra, so remember, a kohen gadol, right? The high priest has to marry a besulah. Has to marry a woman who's a basula is a virgin. So we'll say, so what happens? This woman is a basula, but she is pregnant. So Rashi says, omeres, inami I both say they're talking about over here a woman where the basulum, the hymen is still intact. So ultimately, again, so she's a, she's a basula. She's a basula, yet we know she's pregnant. I both say, now to be clear. We're keep, well, let, let, let's let's see. So we'll say, says, says the Gemara, So what what's the halacha? So we'll say, so. How do we deal with this case? Are we chochish for the position? Of now what does Shmuel say? Damer Shmuel. Top of tesvav. Top of tesav. Yochal ani liv ol kama biilos below dam. Shmuel says that there's a way. There's a way to have relations without rupturing without rupturing the besulim, so that the besulim could still remain intact. But ultimately, again, the woman the woman had relations. So, say, so, in other words, Shmuel is saying there is a way, technically, to have bia without without damaging the b'sul. Again, I will say, remember, just to be clear, Judaism does not subscribe to the idea that a to, to to virgin birth, right, or virgin conception. the The idea over here is that Shmuel is pointing out that there is a way for the physical b'sulim to remain intact. But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, for the woman to have had relations. So the Gemara says, Oh Dilma, or maybe not. Maybe we don't assume that relations could occur without rupturing the basulum. And what happens? So the gemara says, lehu, No, we don't we, we don't assume that Bia could occur without rupturing the Basulim. So we'll say, so how then does a woman become pregnant with her basulum <sighs> still intact? To which the Gemars listen to this case. Perhaps again, perhaps again, she became pregnant from zera from semen inside of a bath. Meaning what? What are we concerned about over here? That maybe again, she used the same body of water as a man had used. A man had ejaculated into the bath and ultimately that Zerah, that zera impregnates her. So the Gemara says, okay. So I, but Shmuel said, if the Zera does not come out with force, then ultimately it cannot impregnate. To which the Gemara says, No, when it came out of the man, it came out with force, and such Zera has the ability to impregnate. So, we'll say, so again, what we'll I say it's actually, quite, if you look at Rashi, Rashi says over here, Rashi says, I just want to point out to you something absolutely amazing, just so you understand the greatness of the so, we'll say, so, so, okay, so let, let's go back to this in just a moment. So, they asked Ben Zoma, so, like, what's the status of this woman, right? So, again, a Koin can only marry a, a, a Besula. This woman has the Besulim intact, but she's pregnant. But she's pregnant. So there's one of two possibilities. Either she had relations, but like Shmuel says, there's the ability to have relations while the basulim are still intact, or maybe she became pregnant from floating zera, right? Maybe again, maybe she just used the same bath as someone else and ultimately again became pregnant from that zera. So I will say, so, so, so Benzoma seems to feel that we don't really feel like Shmuel's. Possibility is a viable possibility. That Biyah, while keeping the basulim intact, is really all that possible. So maybe we are Hoshesh, ultimately, again, for the floating Zerah. I will say, we'll just tell you, you know, you see a Gemara like this, you say, wow, this is pretty wild, right? This is pretty wild, like, right? This, this wakes you up in the morning. Right? I will say, but what I will point out is something very interesting. Just understand, a Gemara like this has dramatic ramifications. All right, saying the whole... Field and the whole halachic discussion regarding IVF in vitro fertilization, things like that which which take zera, which takes semen from outside of the body and do things with se- but we'll say a lot of it a lot of it is gleaned from this Sugya how you establish paternity. So, I just want to point out sometimes we see these gemars and like that is absolutely wild. It is absolutely wild. That, that, that is true. But Lamaise said, just understand how fascinating it is that sometimes the things that we look at that we say have no sheikhus at all actually have dramatic sheikhus for contemporary halacha. Again, not our topic for now. But we'll say, so, just understand the only reason we're bringing this down over here is because of Ben Zoma. That, that's, that's the connection. So listen to this story. There was one Ben Khanan, was standing on a step on Harabayis. Incredible! We should be Zohar. All of us should be Zohar. Vira Ben Zoma, Vira O Ben Zoma, right? And Ben Zoma saw him below Amad Milafanov. and Ben Zoma did not stand up. Ben Zoma did not stand up. So the Gemara says, "Amr Lo me Ayn Ula Ayin Ben Zoma." So we'll say Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua kind was a little bit surprised that Ben Zoma didn't stand up for him. So he says, Ben Zoma, Ben Zoma, Me'ain u'la'ain, right? Where, where, what's going on with you, right? Where are you going, right? Where are you going, where are you coming from? What are you preoccupied with that you didn't stand up for me when you saw me? So the Gemara says, Amr so we'll say, by the way, I want to point out, this is not Rabbi Yishov Ben you see a Gemara like this, it's Rabbi Yishov Ben such a balgaiva that you need to stand up for you. Rabbi Yishov so, Ben Hanayin is the, is the senior sage, right? He's older. I will say, people don't learn respect unless you teach them respect. And part of what a parent teaches a child is how to respect them. You see, sometimes parents think that it's like self serving and it's egotistic to teach your child how to respect you. If no one teaches you, you never learn. If a Rebbe doesn't teach his Talmud, that you know, you have to stand up, Rabbi Yashua says, Rabbi Shua says, that you have to stand, how is the Talmud going to know? Right, so I will say again, people don't know what they don't know, and this is an incredible Yisod. Sometimes we think our children should know how to respect us, but did we ever teach them what actual respect means? Did we ever show them, model for them, tell them that this is how you, or model for them also, how we respect our parents, what that means, right? A Talmud should know what to Did the, the, the Rebbe tell the Talmud what the expectations are? So it's not just Yeshua being demanding of his covenant. It's Rabbi Yeshua being a Rebbe and teaching the Talmud what's appropriate. So Yeshua, so, so I'm sorry. So he says to him, um, he says to him, Ben Zoma, what's going on? Right, what are you preoccupied with? I'm really so let's listen to this. So <laughs> Ben Zoma says, Rabbi, you know, I was occupied with trying to figure out the distance between the upper waters and the lower waters. But like, excellent answer, right? Excellent, excellent answer. All right, so I'll say, so again, remember, this goes back to my seboratius. We know the rakia, the rakia divides between the Maimalyonim and my Tahtonim. So he says, so he says, Rabbi, I'm sorry, I didn't, wasn't chasashalom a slight trying to figure out the distance, the distance, and these only three finger breaths, right? Three finger breaths distance between the Ma'am Al-Yonim and Ma'am Tach-Tonim. right. So the Gemara says, She says, That pretty much, you know, will say the, the Rakia kind of extends down to the Karka, to the earth. Three finger breaths difference. Good. So the Gemara says, <laughs> The Pasach says, <laughs> The Pasuk says, The Spirit of Hashem hovered over the water. Hovered over the water. <laughs> like a dove that hovers over its young, but ultimately doesn't directly touch them. I'm not going to be a sure to me that we'll say first white line. Rabbi Yeshua said to his students, Ah, <laughs> oh, Ben Zoma. He's still outside, right? He's still standing there. So that expression means he doesn't get it. Like he hasn't even entered the building. He's incorrect. The deposit says that the spirit of Hashem hovered over the water. Now, remember when was that said? said that was on the first day of my separations. But yet the distinction between the upper waters and the lower waters that happened on the second day. So here you have Ben Zoma, here you have Benzoma bringing a Raya that there's a very small distinction between the upper waters and the lower waters based on a pasuk from day one. Here's the problem. The upper waters and lower waters were divided when? Day two. So therefore again, And in reality, how much is the distinction? How much is the difference between the upper waters and the lower waters? Amar Rav Yaakov, a hair's breath, a hair's breath. So, I will say, so ultimately, again, what that tells you is something really very interesting, that we often have this idea that the Rakiya created this major divide between upper waters and lower waters, but it turns out that the upper waters and lower waters pretty much almost touch each other. Right, there's a hair's breath difference between the V'rabanan, Kiguda de Gamla. The rabbanu will say it's like planks of a bridge. Rashi says, Guda de gamlo, luchin zu zu, revach So we'll say this is interesting. You know, apparently when you, when you place down wood, wood planks for a bridge, it's fascinating. You can't place them like exactly pressed against each other. Why not? I guess the reason is because when it becomes hot, when it becomes warm, so the wood expands. Right? So if they're exactly close to each other, then you'll ruin the bridge. You have to leave like a tiny little bit of space. So th- that's the imagery that they're giving for how the upper waters and the lower waters are situated next to each other. They're right next to each other, and there's like a little bit of space in between the two. Incredible. Marzucha amar deprisi some say it's like two articles of clothing, one on top of the other. So I will say so again. Literally, they're pressed right up against each other. de Sahifi Two cups one inside the other. So I will say, so now we go back to, now we go back to the, to the story of the paradise. Remember again, Rabbi, so we have, we have again, Benazai, Benzoma, Ben Zoma, Rabbi Akiva, Acher Rabbi Akiva. Benazai died, Benzoma went insane, Rabbi Akiva came out unscathed, and the fourth was Elisha Ben Abuya, who becomes known as Acher. So Acher Kitzitz Ben So we'll say, the way the Gemara describes about what happened to Acher, is that Acher uprooted saplings. Uprooted saplings. Now, now, what does that mean? So the Gemara says, I love Akas of Omer, about, about, about Acher. It says, nah, say, if you take a look at Rashi, the way Rashi understands Acher, Kitzit, Spinatios is kilkel v'ives. So we'll say, what's the imagery of uprooting a sapling? Right? A sapling needs to be left in the ground in order to grow. If you uproot it, you prevent its growth. According to Rashi, Kitzit Spinatios means Acher uprooted fundamentals in Torah. He, misund- he fundamentally misunderstood things, thereby uprooting certain concepts, preventing them from growing and fully maturing. We're going to see them. There's a much more pashab shot in why the Gemara says that Acher was Kitiyats bin So let's go back to this. So the Gemara says as follows So what happened? What happened? So the Gemara says, About Acher, the Pasuk says, literally don't allow your mouth to cause your flesh to sin. So Ma'hi, what happened to Acher? So the get ready for this. So Acher comes into the paradise, right, so he, he, he ascends into Shamayim. Chaz, so the Gemara says, le He comes up and what does he see? He sees the Malach Metatron. So there's an angel, Metatron. Now, Metatron is one of the big Malachim, right? One of the, one of the, one of the significant Malachim. He sees that Metatron is sitting. And what is Metatron? Metatron is sitting and he is, he is writing down the merits of Klaal Yisrael. Amr, Sa'achar, right? Elisha ben Avuya sees this. He says, Gemir delamai habilo yeshiva. Velo tachros, oref, ipui. So Elisha ben Avuyah says, "How is Metatron sitting?" We have a tradition that in Shamayim, there is no sitting, right? The Malachim don't sit. There is no sitting because it's a lack of it's a lack of cover in front of the Shechina. So ultimately, again, there is no there is no sitting. Rabbi say it's interesting. Tachros, Rabbi say means literally competition. There is no competition. What does that mean? As opposed to in this world where there is a severe sense of competition. In the Oloma HaEmes, there's no competition, right? The Malachim know their place. Everyone has their place, and there's no sense of competition. Lo Oref, there's no there's no back of the neck. We'll say same idea. Same way, no one sits. Ultimately, again, no one turns the back of their neck to the Shekhinah Also, v'lo ipui. will say this is incredible. V'lo we'll ipui means no one's ever tired. I will say, can you imagine that, right? No one's ever tired, right? There's no, there's no such thing as being tired. In other words, there's a certain sense of ongoing energy in the Oloma Ms. Now I will say, so what bothered Elisha ben Avuya was, how was Metatron sitting? Shema hachas, shalom Bezer shuyo, saying, maybe Metatron is God. What, so what Elisha ben Avuya, what, what he happened was when he saw Metatron, and he saw Metatron sitting. Remember, we have a Messiah, the only entity that sits in Shamayim is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. he sees Metatron I thought that was Metatron but maybe that's God and maybe there are two gods that's what happened with Elisha ben Avuya he sees Metatron and he thinks there's two gods so we'll say what happened So first of all HaKadosh Baruch Hu punished Metatron he punished Metatron with i will say literally again Shishin Pulsi Dinura 60 60 lightning lashes whatever that means so ultimately, again, because they said to Metachon, Metachon, you should have known better. When Elisha ben Avuya and everyone else came into the paradise, you should have stood up. You should have stood up. Because at the end of the day, you should have stood up because, again, you should have realized that they could have made this mistake. But I will say, nevertheless, Elisha ben Avuya, Elisha ben pretty much establishes for himself that there must be two guys. I will say, what happens in Elisha ben Avuya's theological, you know, you know, downfall, is he thinks there's two gods, and then ultimately, again, he goes from two gods to no gods. As a result, So ultimately, again, Metatron was given permission to erase all of the merits of Elisha ben Avuya. So, so again, Elisha ben Avuya clearly was not ready for this journey. He therefore, again, gleans erroneous theological assumptions, and as a result, and becomes becomes a heretic, really becomes an apicorite afterwards, we're going to see, and as a result, Metatron was given permission to erase all of his merits. Yotza Tzabaskova, as a result of this, Abaskol came out and said, Shuvu banim shovevim chutz me'acher. The Baskel came out and said the pasik the pasik is quoting is Shuvu banu return, O wayward children. The boss say the So the Pasik comes out, it's so, right. The Baskel comes out and says it's a call to Shuvah, right? Hashem says every day, every day the Baskel comes out, return, return to Hashem, Chutz accept akher. Acher, accept akher. Amar. So so Acher Elishah here, this, here is this. I want to point out. The Medrish the Medrash, has a much more extensive description of the negative behaviors of Elisha ben Avuya. So, most of you have to understand what actually happened. Elisha ben Avuya leaves the fold. He leaves the fold. He ingratiates himself with the Romans. Now, the Romans are all too happy to have a defector rabbi, right? They give him title, they give him wealth, and he becomes an antagonist of the Jewish people. That's what happened. You don't see this. The, the Yamar doesn't record this. The Medrash records this. So it's not just the Pshat that Elisha ben Avuya you know, becomes an Apikores, right? But ultimately, again, he becomes antagonistic. He becomes antagonistic to the Jewish people. Now, the story is not finished. So therefore, the Baschol comes out, Shuvu banashovavim, chutz acher. Acher, the door to Tshuva is close to you. Amar. so acher says, the v'itrit hahu gavra meahu Le puk lishhani So you know what? Acher says, you know what? Fine. If I have no olam haba, if olam haba is gone for me, I might as well live it up in this world. If I've lost the world to come, I might as well maximize this world. What happened? Nafuk acher goes off the derech. Terbusura goes off and engages in terrible behavior. We'll say, what does he do? Nafuk ashkach zona tava. He finds a prostitute. And he and he propositions her, right? He wants to engage her service. I just want to apply out something amazing. say so. Isn't he, look, look what the Gemara just said, right? he hears the Baskel, and the Baskel says, "You have no portion in the world to come," right? You have no opportunity for tshuva. What's the first thing he does? The first thing he does finds a zona. Rabbeinu, say, isn't this incredible? What do we just learn on Yud Alif Amud Beis Gezel Va'Arayos Nafsho Mechamduslan B'Tavaslan? One, the strong, the Gemari says, the strongest desire we have is immorality. The strongest, right? It doesn't say that Acher went to get a cheeseburger, right? Or that Acher says, you know, whip me up some basah the chalav. Or let me, let, me, let me wear a little shatnis, right? N- nothing, right? The first thing, the first thing Acher does is he finds a zona. And I will say, by the way, finding a zona, finding, you see, I will say there are plenty of ways to be immoral, plenty of ways to be immoral, and not have to pay for it, right? Right. Plenty of ways to be immoral, and but you know, a zona, right? Engaging the services of a zona—if you think about it—to a certain degree, is almost like the paradigmatic example of immorality. So, isn't it, the first thing he does? The first thing he says is just—it's so important to be self-aware about the pushes and pulls that exist inside of us. And the moment, the moment, see, for Acher, he spent his whole life keeping these things in check right keeping these, and then the moment he no longer has to keep it in check the first thing he does engages with us His incredible story Amr lay, the love alisha ben avuyaat that almost say even a zona has standards right she's like aren't you alisha ben avuya i mean you're the gadal hadar or one of the Gidoli hadar this is a little bit awkward for both of us right in, in other words yeah. that, that right you you are alisha ben avuya so I'll say watch this Akar Pugla Mimishra bishabbos. So we'll say, by the way, you know what the rest of the story was? Do you know when he engaged the Zona? He went to a Zona on Shabbos. On Shabbos. I guess Zona's work on Shabbos also, right? So, we'll say, so he, he goes to the Zona on Shabbos. She says to him, Aren't you Elisha Ben Abuya? What does he do? He pulls a radish out of the ground. He pulls a radish out of the ground. So we'll say, so remember again, pulling a radish out of the ground is the malacha of Ketzirah. Right? So that's one of the 39 malachas. Essentially, what he does is he's al Shabbos right in front of her. And she says, Amra Acherhu. You must be someone else. You must be someone else. So I will say, it's a very profound Gemara. First of all, you also understand this is also perhaps why the Gemara calls Acher Kotzeits Benetios. He uprooted saplings because the dramatic act, the dramatic act, that ultimately, again, was his public departure from Yiddishkeit, was the act of pulling the radish out of the ground on Shabbos. But I will say, isn't it incredible? Why do they call him Ahir? This Zona. this Zona says, Ah, You're clearly someone else. So we we'll say, when you read those words, you read those words, it's painful. She, she says you, 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 to whether, him, whether she's saying, Acher, I must have you, you, know, you know, confused with someone, or she's saying, No, you are Alisha ben Avuya, but clearly you've become someone else. Such a dramatic statement. Acher, who said, the Gimar goes on. So, Sha'al So, just again, the unwritten part of the story over here is the entire rabbinic community distances themselves from Elisha ben Avuya. Right? Alisha ben Avuya has become an apigoris. Elisha ben Abuya has ingratiated himself with the Romans. Elisha ben Abuya is antagonistic to the Jewish people. So everyone has distanced themselves from Elisha ben Abuya except for one man, Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir was a Talmud of Acher, of Elisha ben Abuya. And Rabbi Meir refuses to distance himself from his Rebbe. Sha'al Akhash Rabbi Meir, la and here's the amazing part. He was going to record a series of Torah conversations. That Elisha ben Avuya has with Rabbi Meir after Elisha ben Avuya left the fold, left the fold. So, uh, so Acher asks Rabbi Meir. So, by the way, the reason also the Gemara calls Elisha ben Avuya Acher is the Pasik says Veshem Rishaim Yerkov. Shem Rishaim Yerkov. Ultimately, the names of the wicked should rot. There is a concept of not saying the names of wicked people. Right again, so that's so. Therefore, again, the Gemara calls him Acher. So what happens? So Acher as Rabbi Meir the Acher says, "Let's have a So Rabbi Meir, watch this." Yes, the What is the meaning of the Pasik? that we read in Kohelis? The gam azel Umaze. This corresponds to this. What does that mean? So Rabbi says, "Amrlo Whatever Hashem created in the world, He created something similar to it." Baraharim, harem, barah He created mountains, created hills. Barah yamim, He created great seas. He created rivers. Amar so we'll say, watch this. Acher says to Rabbi Meir, you know, Meir, Rabbi Meir, your Rabbi, did not say Rabbi So we'll say, this is so Elisha ben Avuya telling Rabbi Meir, nah, I don't think your interpretation of the Pasuk is right. Let me tell you what Rabbi Akiva said about the Pasuk. Elo, barah tzadikim, barah reshoim. Zelum created opposites. He created Sadiqim. He created Rishayim. Bara Gan Eden, bara Gehenim. Hashem created Hashem created Gehenim. Kol Echad ve Echad. Listen to this drasha of Elisha ben Avuya. Kol Echad ve Every single person. Yeshlo beis chalokim. Echad be Eden, ve Echad be Gehenim. each and every one of us has a choice in life. We can be a Tzadik, we can be a Rasha. And therefore each and every one of us has two portions. I have one portion in Gan Eden, and one portion in Gehenna. I will say there's there's a lot. There's a lot with my name on it in Gan Eden and there's a lot with my name on it in Gehenna. Zohar Tzadik, not al khalk va khalek chavero began Eden. If am zohar de yatzadeq Ultimately, again, I'll get my portion and my friend's portion in Ghan Eden. And if I do wrong, then ultimately I'll get my portion and my friend's portion in Ghan The idea being that if I make the right choices, I'll get my portion and someone else's portion who didn't make the right choices. right? And if I make the wrong choices, I'll get my portion and the person who made the right choices. So isn't this an incredible use? So think about this in life. There, there are two, there are two, uh, what's the home, right? There are two condos waiting for me, right? Two townhouses waiting for me, right? One in Olam one in Ghanai and one in Gehenem. so the only shal is which one am I moving into after the 120. But they're both there, and they're both titled to me. Because at the end of the day, I have a shaykh to both of them, depending on whether or not I become a tzaddik, a Rasha. Overwhelming. Amram Mishar Mikra Gabi Tzadikim. Ksiv ilachin ba'artza Mishneh Yerushu Gabe Shem Ksev, or Mishneh Shivron Shivram. But say another exchange. Shalach HaSraim. And Lach So we'll say, again, this case. So we'll say, again, what's amazing about these Gemaras is it's Elisha Benavuya engaging Rabbi Meir in Torah discourse. In Torah discourse. let's we'll say, we're going to, well, well, let's go through it. Gemara says, Maik so yes, is Rabbi Mayor, Mayor, tell me, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? What's the meaning in the Pasuk? Ultimately, again, in Eov, we'll say, it's more valuable than gold. Or, or it's more valuable than gold. Or white glass. And it can't be exchanged even for fine gold. What does that mean? Amr al-Lorah, says, So Mer says, this refers to Torah. Both say, it's such a beautiful drasha. Torah is as difficult to acquire as gold, as gold, right? Because remember, just like gold is expensive, difficult to acquire. So to acquire Torah really, really requires effort. Remember, there's a difference ultimately, again, between learning Torah and acquiring Torah. Right? If anyone could learn, anyone could learn, Acquiring it means you make it part of you. It becomes part of you. And being part of you means it informs and it shapes the way you live. So learning Torah is easy. Acquiring Torah and ultimately, again, making it your own, using it to inform shit, that's as difficult to do as acquiring gold. It's acquiring gold. But it's easy to lose Torah just like a glass. I will say just like glass easily shatters and it's incredible. A person could acquire Torah... And could lose it just like that. What's that we know this, right? I could spend I could spend a, a lifetime acquiring Ruchnias and one bad decision, one bad decision could send me on a downward spiral. Amrloh um, to which to which Alicia ben Avuya says, you know, Rabbi Akiva Rafal Rabbi Akiva Yarabi didn't darshan it like this. Yeshlem Aftam Rabbi said, "Listen to these words. Alisha ben Avuya says, 'says Rabbi You know, Rabbi gave it a different drasha. Rabbi Akiva's drasha was that this pasuk refers to a tamtchacham who went off the derech. Rabbi say, 'sarech' means spoiled. A tamtchacham who went putrid. Tamtchacham who made bad life decisions, and therefore, as a result, has gone down the wrong path. Just Rabbi Kiva, just like if a gold utensil or even glass breaks, you could melt it down and reforge it." So to a Talmud Chacham who makes terrible life choices is not beyond redemption and salvation. Rabbi said, Do you just hear the drush that Elisha and just said? The drush Alisha Elisha and just said that no one is beyond salvation. Rabbi Meir says, Amrlo av ata chazar Rabbi Meir says, Rebbe, Rabbi, do tshuva. Rabbi Meir says, Rabbi, do tshuva. Come back. Amrlo, Shamatini <laughs> so Elisha ben Avuya says so, Rabbi so, Meir, you know, I would, I would, or at least I think about it, but I already heard from behind the curtain, return away where children except for Acher. There is no place for me. Because Baruch who doesn't want to let me in. Another story I will say. Listen to this story. Elisha ben Abuya is riding a horse on Shabbos. Riding horse on Shabbos. And Rabbi Meir is literally following behind him on horseback to learn Torah from him, right? He's literally going ahead and riding behind him on horseback to learn Torah from him. So I'll we'll say, now watch this. So what's happening over here? So I'll we'll say, what happens? So you have, so you have, so you have Elisha ben Avuya, right? So, so Rabbi Meir is walking, is walking behind him. Elisha ben Avuya is riding on horseback. And he says, Mayor, you have to turn back. So let's say, so first of all, what's interesting to note over here is something absolutely amazing, which is Elisha ben Avuya is keeping in mind the number of steps, right, for the tchum. She so says, you have to turn back. Right, we're about to get to the tchum, you have to turn back. So Rabbi Mayor says, you know what, Elisha, right, Rabbi, come back with me. Why don't you come back also? I'll go back. In other words, we'll both enter back into the proverbial Tchum Shabbos together. Ultimately, again, Selisha ben Avuya said, I would, I would, but I already told you, I heard from behind the curtain, Return, all wayward children, except for Akadosh Baruch who doesn't want me, who has no place for me. Talk So I'm say at this point in time, i say you understand what's happening over here. We'll, we'll discuss a little bit more in depth tomorrow. But understand the profundity of what it is, of what it is that that's that's occurring over here. I will say that, that here you have elisha ben Avuya. elisha ben Avuya doesn't say no, right? He doesn't say no. I don't. I don't care. He says I heard our Baruch who says there is no place for me. So, almost as if Elisha ben Avuya is entertaining this possibility. So, ultimately, again, so what happens? So, so Rabbi Meir takes Elisha ben Avuya, grabs him, pulls him into the base of Adrush. So, Elisha ben Avuya says to one of the children, Tell me, what are you learning? Now, will say, Now, what does that have to do with anything? So, understand, we know that even in an age, the Gemara says, even when there's no Nevuah, you'll find Nevuah often with children and shotim, children and insane people. Meaning, in other words, that sometimes children say things that are of prophetic import. Not that child realizes what they're saying is of prophetic import, but sometimes children say things that are of prophetic import. So the Gemara says, So ultimately, again, so what happens? Oh, did I skip? I'm sorry. So the child says, or says, this is what the child says. Child says, oh, what are we learning? We're learning the Pasuk that says there is no peace for the wicked. Okay, that didn't work out well. So ultimately, again, Rabbi Meir takes, Rabbi Meir takes Elisha Benavoya to another base magic. Tell me, what are you learning? Even if you wash yourself, the stain of your sin remains. So I will say these psukim do not bode well for Elisha ben Avuya because they seem to indicate that no matter what Elisha ben Avuya does, right, the sin of his sin will stick. So Aile mm-hmm. lebe he goes to another base medrash. Amr le le Yanuka amadez. Psok Tell me, what are you learning? So amr lebe. Vaat shedud ma taasi ki silbashishani ki sadiadi zog ki sekri ve poche la shav kisyafi. No matter what you do, no matter how you try to pretty yourself, ultimately it will not work. Aile brings into another base madrash. Adda brings him to 13 different body majors, 13 different shuls. And I will say again, what Rabbi Meir is trying to do is to give Elisha ben Avuya a glimmer of hope. And all he needs, all he needs, is to give Elisha ben Avuya like one little pasuk that seems to indicate that what? That there's a hope for tshuva. And maybe Elisha would never turn it around. So I will say, he took him to 13 different shuls, Kulu paskilei kiai gavna. And ultimately, again, each and every time, the story was kind of the same. That the pesukim that the children told him were all pesukim that seemed to indicate that he was beyond salvation. say, listen to this. So he brings him to the last shul, so he says to the kid, to the child there, tell me what you're learning. That Hashem says to the Russia, Hashem, excuse me. Hashem says to tell him, right to the Russia. Hashem says, why should you talk about my statutes? Right, that Hashem doesn't even want the Russia talking about talking about Torah. So, person I watch is Yenuka This child had a little bit of like a speech impediment, or or, or just or just spoke Megam He stuttered or he stumbled over his words. So listen, I watch this. When the child spoke, he stammered a little bit, and instead of saying Ulurasha, it he sounded like he said Ula Elisha. Ula Elisha Amer Elokei Malach Alas Now say at this point, the Gemara says Ika Amri Sakino Hava Bahadeh Vekare Veshaje LeTleizer So I'll say one version of the story is Elisha Ben Avuya got so angry that he killed the child, chopped him up into thirteen pieces, and sent a piece of the child to each of the thirteen Bate Medrash that had rejected Elisha Ben-Abuyya. Others have another version of this story. Others say that Alisha ben Abuya said to the kid, if I had a knife in my hand, I would cut you up into a bunch of years. Now by the way, the story tells you a little bit, a little bit of where Alisha ben Abuya was holding, right? In other words, killing children, chopping them up, or even threatening to kill children is an indication, is an indication ultimately again, of where Elisha is holding rabosa, but it's something else. You would think to yourself, Elisha ben Avuya was so far removed. So what does he care? What does he care? I will say, because here's the difference. No matter how far one is removed, no one ever wants to feel rejected. And when Elisha ben Avuya goes place to place to place and is rejected over and over and over again. You know know what happens when people feel rejected? They do bad things. They do bad things. Because when you reject someone, what you're effectively seeing is you're worthless. Well, if I'm worthless, if I'm worthless, then it doesn't really matter what I do. So if you're going to tell Elisabeth, you're going to say, isn't this incredible? I'm getting, remember, Elisabeth Abouye left. He left, but he left of his own volition. There's a difference between me walking out on my own versus you telling me that I am rejected. If I walk out on my own, that's decision, my decision. You rejecting me is you telling me what you think of me. And now what you're telling me is you think I can't make it. You think I can't do it. You think I'm not worthy. Well, if you're gonna reject me, if you're gonna reject me, then I'm gonna act like a rejected person. I will say it's such an incredible yisod. So what happens, so the Gemara says, kinach nafshe." Now I will say Elisha ben Avuya dies, right? He dies. I will say there's so much more to stay on this story, which we're gonna, I'm gonna, let's get a little bit more in the Gemara, then in Miretz Hashem, we're gonna say a little bit more about this. kinach nafshe." When Elisha ben Avuya died, when Elisha ben Abuya died, kinach nafsheh da'acher, Amri lo meydin ladain, say, get ready for this. When Elisha ben Avuya died, the Beis Din Shamala, the celestial court, did not know what to do with him. They don't know how to judge, they didn't know how to judge him. Which means what? Lo meydin ladaini, lo la'amu da'asi, lo la'amu da'asi, lo la'amu da'asi. I'm sorry. Lo meydin ladaini, lo la'amu We can't send Elisha ben Avuya to Gehenem, nor can we send to Olam Haba. Why not? So the Gemara says. So low made on the first intermediate wide line. We can't send them to Gehenna. Wow, we can't send them to Gehenna. You know why? Because he has all of this Torah. With the Gemara daasi, they say But ultimately, again, we can't send them to Olam Haba. We can't send. Them to Ge- I'm sorry, because Olam Haba either. Because he, because sin. I Do you see how powerful Torah is? Elisha ben Avuya. Elisha ben Avuya, who Mamish acted like a Rasha. They can't send him to Gehenna because of his Torah. Um, Rabbi, Meir. Rabbi Meir says, Mutav, la alma da'asi. So Rabbi Meir says, no, send him to Gehenna. Send him to We'll say now, send him again. why? Let him have his judgment. Rabbi Meir, remember again, because Mishpat, Risham, Yud, Yudbeis Kodesh, the longest he's going to stay in Gehenna. Is for twelve months. Let him have his time in Gehenim, Let him be cleansed and purged, and then he'll go to Gan Eden. So to listen to this. Right, says, when I die, I'm going to take the neshamah of Elisha ben Abuyah down to Gehenna. Right, let him spend his time in Gehenim. Let him have his judgments. Then he come to Olam Haba. And the proof that I got Elisha ben Abuya in Gehenim was what? You're going to see great. You're going to see smoke come up from the grave of Elisha ben Abuya. And when you see smoke come up from his grave, you will know, you will know, that what? That I've been successful in getting him down to Gehenim. So, when my died, sure enough, smoke began to rise from the grave of Elisha ben Abuya. So, the says, was therefore successful in bringing down the neshama of Elisha ben Abuya to Gehenem, getting him his din, his mishpat, so that ultimately he could be cleansed, and brought back up to Gan Eden afterwards. am Rabbi Yochanan. Give word to the Mikle Rebbe. Rabbi Yochanan says, "Is it a big deal to burn one's Rebbe?" So also a little bit strange. Rabbi Yochanan says, "Shkoyach, you got him down to Gehenna. Now who's getting him up to Gan Eden?" So the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, "I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Give word to the Rebbe. haba binina matzina man So also Rabbi Yochanan said. I'm gonna go down, right? I'm gonna go down ultimately to Gehenna. Bring up Elisha ben Avuya and save him, and save him. The Rai will be when I die. You will see that the smoke will say the smoke rising from the grave of Elisha ben Avuya represents Elisha ben Avuya is in Gehenna. So Rabbi Ochanan says, when I die, you're gonna see the smoke is gonna stop because I will have taken Elisha ben Avuya up from Gehenna. Ultimately, and sure enough, when Rabbi Yochanan died, the smoke stopped rising from Elisha ben Avuya's grave. So, when they eulogized Rabbi Yochanan, they said, even the Shomer HaPesach, even the Malach, who's in charge of Gehenna, couldn't stand in the way of Rabbi Yochanan. Right? Rabbi Yochanan marched right into Gehenna, got Elisha ben Avuya, and brought him up. Incredible. Bito de Rabbi. this is so beautiful. So the daughter of Elisha ben Avuya once came before Rebbe. Once came before Rebbe. So she was poor, and she said, Rebbe, can you help me with money? bat miat. So he said to him. So Rebbe said to this young woman, Who are you? So she said, Amar bito shel She said, I am the daughter of Elisha ben Avuya. Is it possible the offspring of Elisha ben Avuya still exists in this world? So to listen to this. So the daughter says, Rebbe, If you can remember my father's Torah, write my father's Torah, and don't remember his actions. I will say, what a, what a profound thing, right? So the daughter, the daughter has to say, remember his Torah, don't remember his actions. Miad. In that moment, in that moment, a fire came down and literally singed the bench of Rebbe, signaling that Rebbe spoke inappropriately. Every spoke inappropriately. So, Rabbi, Rabbi, cried. If this ultimately again is the divine protection that those who go ahead and Dep- deprecate, right? Or go ahead and mistreat the Torah, get. then can you imagine again the coven that those who uphold Torah? In other words, that it, Re- Rebbe was saying, it's amazing, it's amazing how in Shamayim they were defending Elisha ben Avuyah, right? They were defending Elisha ben Avuyah, they were sticking up for his Torah, so Rebbe cried. If this is how those who go out and denigrate Torah are treated, like Rabbi Sheshen Avuya, then can you imagine the Kaaba that is given to those who uphold Torah? Right? So we'll have to stop over here for today. I will say we're not finished with this story, right? We're not finished, and we still have to go back and understand the most troubling part of the story, which is the baskal itself—a baskal that says shuvu banam shuvam chutzni acher. How could it be that Hakadosh Baruch Hu rejects anyone from the ability to do shuvah? Dramatic, sorry, I will say. Dramatic and overwhelming Gemara Mir Session to be continued tomorrow. goya. Have a great day, everyone. Sorry. 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 Next, Next, Gemara. Next, Kimara. You, like, Next, Kimara, where is